Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. It's it's getting harder to say, John. I don't know how I can say that every week. I need to I need to do vocal warm ups. Seriously, I, 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 I wish I was more. You're the vocalist out of the two of us. Like, come on, man. That's 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 a bit of a stretch, really. Yeah. It is. Take take a breath. Take a breath. Ooh, welcome everybody. Uh, we, John, you mentioned before the show that we got a hundred and seventy lessons in the last week. Yeah, which is that's like huge. My new personal best. Yay! So yeah, all of all of you out there in radio land, <laughs> is that still a thing? Is it still no, a radio? No, no, it's not. Let it die. Let it die. Uh, Canada mostly. No, uh, we have some Canadian, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, cool. I love uh, you know America's hat. Uh, no, I love Canada. I've been there before. I live there. It's a great place. Uh, John, how's Colorado? Colorado, it's it's still here. It hasn't gone anywhere. We are we have not been blown up by the Yellowstone caldera, which isn't actually anywhere near Colorado. It would just cover us in a blanket of dust forever, and then we'd all die. So well, and, the, and you you die afterwards in that order. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. 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 Good to know. There would be no uh, more guitar playing. Is essentially what it amounts to. Oh wow, that's well. When you put it like that, it sounds really serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, so yes, I am in Galway. I am leaving for Vietnam in four days. I am slightly freaking out, but uh, we have had a good week. We, uh, you and I, interviewed one of my favorite uh, guitar YouTube personalities, and you got up at about what two a.m. to do so. I'm not sure I was actually officially asleep at that point, but that's ah, yes. story. So <laughs> staggering in from the pub. Yeah, Chris Chris Zupa was absolutely fantastic. Great to chat with, very informative. I mean, everybody we've had on the show has been just completely awesome. So Yeah, I know we say it every week, but it's beguiled by their sheer soundness. Really, really good people. Uh, Yeah, that was possibly one of my favorite interviews we've done so far. He is so funny, and we will be having him hopefully in the next month. Uh, That episode will come out. Yeah, it's sometime, sometime in December, I think. And uh, and then we've got big plans for the new year, so please stick around. We're going to try to get one of us, if not both of us, to NAM. So not oh, NAM. Not course, good say. Uh, the North American Music Manufacturers Trade Show. <laughs> yes, that, you being the American, that would probably be easier for you to do. Than quite, myself. quite. Because you will be in the other NAM. So. Yeah, I will, yes, my own, my own Vietnam. Uh, so, John, to coincide with today's topic, you have opted to do the lick of the week this week. I have. I have opted to take it upon myself to fall on said proverbial explosive guitar lick, I guess, because that's a proverb, right? I guess. Yes, that's, that's how it goes, I'm pretty sure. I need to double-check okay. that. Yeah. We'll, fix it in, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> okay, so I've got it lined up. I'm going to listen to it. Three, two, one, fast off. That was that was a lot of things going on there. And I was kind of put off by the bongos. The bongos kind of got me from nowhere. Right. <laughs> my 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 right shoulder started aching just listening to that uh that that was amazing but i have no idea where to where to even guess it's kind of hard i did sort of pull it out of out of thin air so this is from uh aldemiola's song race with the devil on a spanish highway 
Right. That's a very, yeah, he, the, there, there was some smooth jazz at the end there. So that, that makes sense. <laughs> Which is, if, if you know anything about Al Miola, is one of his kind of, how would you put it? It's sort of signature songs, I guess. I've definitely heard the title before, but I've never listened to it. I've always been a bit intimidated by him. He comes across quite um, intense in interviews, uh, but apparently he's a, a wizard. Yeah, and, and I mean, for the most part, he's, his videos and stuff are usually pretty tame. But yeah, okay. his interview stuff and what, what he tends to say in guitar magazines is really down on modern music of any kind which I kind of feel maybe 20 years ago, I could be like, okay, I see where you're coming from. But at this point in time, it's like, if that's, if that's how you feel about the other guitar players out there that are doing so many things, I've sort of given out a little bit about people who complain about a lack of modern guitar heroes. And in my mind, you're just not looking for people to listen to then, if that's the case. So anyway, excuse me. The reason the reason I chose Al Miola is he is very influential for people like John Petrucci. All oh, right, and that will feed into our main topic of today, which people can probably see from the title is getting out of a rut, part three. Uh, part uh, uh, three. And one of those things, as we're segue, as we're talking about it, is having a listen to your own guitar heroes, heroes, the people that got them playing a particular way. And El Miola is very influential on John Petrucci and John Petrucci is very influential on this like next generation of shred and prog metal guitar players that are coming up. And so understanding why Petrucci and, and Paul Gilbert too, why their technique is the way it is, is a large part because of Al Miola and his technique was wow. very influential on, on the concepts of alternate picking string skipping, that sort of thing. And Aldeniola has a particular run that Ingve Malmsteen sort of copied for a very long time. Whether or not the two were ever intersected, I have no idea. But Malmsteen uses that same ascending thirds quite frequently. <laughs> well. Yes, uh, live in Japan with an orchestra. Um, <laughs> Um, so John for, for pedal talk good good selection I might go back and listen to that song again it's very scary but I will I, yeah, I maybe it, I should well it, 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 <laughs> it is a race with the devil you know so and you're not going down to Georgia no I, I'm not not anytime soon no. anyway so John for pedal talk we're going to do a bit of a a bit of a a different route this this week we are going to have a bit of a conversation about uh, Joe Bonamassa's recent rant on uh. guitar pedals. Now, for people that do not know, Joe Bonamassa recently went on a rant for Total Guitar. Uh, at, he told Amit Sharpa of Total Guitar and Music Radar um, that he's really he's gotten over pedals. And John, if, if I may, may I read out the quote? Uh, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> Just to give it context. <laughs> Okay, so this is a bit, um, I might do my best. He's, is he from Boston? I can't do a Boston. I, don't <laughs> I have know. no idea. I don't know where he's from. Uh, he was wearing a Red Sox hat when I saw him before. Um, okay, I've really gotten over, like, I'll do it in my own voice. I've really gotten over guitar pedals. So you don't want to play a guitar properly, so you buy a box that makes it sound like an algorithm. 
I know I'll get shit for saying this. Oh boy, did he. Uh, but it's fucking lazy. It's insulting to people who spend 35 years playing and learning like a lot of players and we continue to work at it. I'm almost there, John. I'm almost finished. These guys are barely, these guys can barely play a chord but call themselves soundscapists. Get the fuck out of here. It's bullshit. There's so much masking and spin going on there. Can we get real for a minute? What do you actually play? Pick up an acoustic guitar. Try that. There you go. Okay. John, in a bit, I'm going to read uh, responses from the guitar player community. The first, no, no, no. <laughs> my favorite one is my favorite one is tell that to Dave Gilmore. That's my my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, retort, but your your own thoughts on this? Yeah. So, I, a couple of things. One, it's completely convenient that you can say that when you have literally millions of dollars worth of vintage amps. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> like if I had a you know a 500 grand Les Paul going into a 500 grand Marshall I wouldn't want anything in the middle of that either right exactly so fair play or you know vintage fenders whatever else he's got I mean he's known for his collection of vintage gear and it's so first off there's that and secondly it used to be he I, I believe he still is technically endorsed by a variety of pedals and uses. I don't know that, that was he uses them now. That was my point. He puts his name on everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He has his own wah and fuzz face and like, come on, man. Yeah, uh, one of the like the MXR planter or something like that. He has one as well. And but to be able to say that, well, now, now I'm over it. I'm done. I've seen the lights. I had my come to Jesus moment. Like, I, it, it's, I don't know, man. To me, it's completely mind boggling. And I feel it's so arrogant. Like, I can't. Would you say that to Eric Johnson? You know what I mean? Someone who spends hours dialing in the tone on his pedals before he even plays a song. You know, is Eric Johnson somehow beneath him? Eric Johnson hasn't spent 35 years learning how to play guitar. It's yeah, it's, 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 I, 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 is he doing this for his own like spin? You think he was just really hung over on a, on a, you know, a day and they just got him in a bad mood because this is, you know, this could never have gone well for him. No. And he, well, he admits it. And I have to wonder, like you said, is he doing it simply for publicity? Because one thing he's proven, he's really good at generating publicity. So even, <laughs> even if it's, you know, he's playing a, a ridiculous cruise or something like that, he's, he's always in your Facebook feed, whether you want him there or not. Yeah, he is good at that. That is a good point. I don't so know to really consider that. Possibly, like you said, just a publicity stunt. And now he proved that, like, on his Instagram, he's only got two pedals that he's using right now. It's his wah, and I'm not sure what the other one is. Maybe maybe a compressor? Maybe? I, I'm not sure. But hmm. the fact that that he claims to only be using two pedals right now and gives us so-called evidence, that's fine. I I'm just... I'm dumbfounded that you would dare to step out and call someone who uses pedals lazy. Now, if he's talking mm. about someone who only uses one note and just sort of sits there and, like he says, can't play a chord properly. Like the edge. The edge can play chords. <laughs> Come on. Give me, give me a so, third note. And 
But again, I mean, it's, you're, you're launching into something that's completely subjective and to work really hard on the way something sounds does not make you lazy. Yeah. That that may mean you're you're not a practiced guitarist, but it doesn't make you lazy. Yeah, no, I, I, someone who plays synthesizers is not a classically trained keyboard player necessarily. Does that make them less? of an instrumentalist mm, but I, yeah i don't know i can tell that he's put in the time and the effort and sure like for for years and years and years and you can kind of see i don't know maybe it's maybe it's a whole blues thing and that he's kind of he's been associated with this genre and you know i don't know for example i will i i, I will, i'll read out a couple of things that i uh, responses that i've found uh, this one's a bit. This one's a bit catty. Uh, one guy said Bonamassa is literally a Wikipedia of greatest blues players, but stealing licks and songs instead of making originals is what defines lazy. All the chops have been heard before, and not a single amp guitar or sound on any of his works is original. Want to talk about being lazy? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> and there's, there's loads of other ones. Basically, just saying that you know the, the whole point is that. Pedals are a new way to make new sounds, and you know, it's, that's, yeah, that's kind of what creativity is all about. Yeah, that's my take on it. Essentially, just, I, I think use it to make cool sounds. Um, I'm a huge fan of Earthquaker stuff, and Earthquaker does some weird sounds. Yeah, don't rag on other people's, you know, style. Yeah, yeah exactly. I that's I, I think I think that's a, an excellent point too. Just as far as and he makes the argument as well. It's like, well, pick up an acoustic guitar. Well, let's see you do that. If what you want is like pure, unadulterated, original blues music, then quit amplifying your guitars and get rid of your millions of dollars worth of gear. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it certainly provoked a response, which is possibly what he wanted in the first place. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I I think it just it makes my blood boil a little bit to just say, oh, sounds like an yeah, John's old man corner of the show. (laughs) Uh, I haven't I haven't been on GI in a while, but I assume it provoked quite the response. Oh yeah, it blew up. It was ridiculous. Basically, everyone had a go at him. And how, (laughs) how can you how can you possibly? say that and just assume that because someone uses an octave pedal or something more bizarre than that, that they don't know what they're doing or it's a light pedal. But like the thing is, I don't think it's, it's, it's a whole laziness thing. Like the guys from, and so I watch you, they never don't exactly shred, but they make great music and pedals allow them to do that. And it's, you know, people were, people were asking me my favorite albums of the year uh, last night. And I was like, really like, and then the shimmer. I just think it's just it's just a great use of guitars. Like it shows that the guitar is not dead, like so many people are saying it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's and, it's not what Joe Bonamassa thinks of as guitar, but the guitar yeah. is is always changing and has been for the last fifty years. He's trying to essentially say like the only way to play guitar is to play it the way it was played sixty years ago, seven years ago, whatever that is, you know. That's yeah. That's absurd to me that you would say we should go back to the way guitars sounded in the 1950s. They yeah. don't do that with anything else, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> should go back to the way food tastes in the 1950s. 
That'd be delicious, <laughs> wouldn't it? Mm, spam. Mm. Uh, <laughs> is blues the spam of music? Ooh, <laughs> Dylan Murphy blows up the internet. Turned it into that. <laughs> um, okay, let's, let's move, move swiftly on. Uh, John, one of the reasons we started this podcast was to basically vent about getting stuck in a guitar rut. Uh, I think that was one of the first things you and I ever really talked about when it came to guitars. So we have had two episodes before. Were they six and nine? Well, those are our episodes. Uh, seven and nine, I think. So so long ago. What are we on now? 30? Is it 30? It's 29. 29. <laughs> is it? Uh, I think, I think so, it's yeah. 29, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. People write in and tell us what episode this is. Um, <laughs> So we are now doing part three of Breaking Out of a Rut. God, we've, we've put so much time into this. 20 episodes uh, so, later. Holy cow. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so I'll get the ball rolling on this. Um, all right. Uh, I, I think that one thing that I've... has one cha- For example, a music channel that I've really got into is this guy, uh, The Art of Guitar. I've spoken about him a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he does these... And Music is Win, who we talked about with Chris Upa. Uh, he has this as well. He basically does character studies of our favorite guitarists and he'll take maybe 25 tricks that a certain uh a certain player will use uh like he does uh he does a prince one and he talks about how prince likes to create uh keyboard sounds with his guitar and he shows how he does that he also does uh for example the kind of circular picking the prince does and it's it's just it's amazing and just learning these techniques though they are you know the trademarks of another you know your hero taking them and learning how to use them you can basically take them and put a new spin on it so i think kind of doing these character studies of your favorite you know players is a really good way to do it and even if that doesn't float your boat a friend of mine he's a bass player he <laughs> we were meeting up and he was like sorry i'm late i started playing uh chili peppers on bass through a tab book and ended up playing through the whole album so i think just going back and listening to your favorite players and finding out how they did what they did is a really good way of kind of breaking out of a rut yeah, I think uh, I like that idea. Just analyzing. And would you would you expand on that when you, you you talked a bit before the episode about listening to your heroes' influences? Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of uh, along the same lines, going through something and then being able to identify, hey, where did that come from? You know, is that a lake that someone got from, say, Jimmy Page or Brian May or whomever? You know, and in this case, John Petrucci. As I got into Aldi Miola, it was like, oh, it opened up a whole new world of things like chord voicings because of Aldi Miola's influence uh, or being influenced by jazz, but then being able to go through and see in John Petrucci or whomever, like, hey, this is, this is a riff that's an Aldi Miola riff. And this is how Aldi Miola thinks about the fretboard. And then kind of unlocking some of those things, like I mentioned, uh, John Petrucci and... yeah. Paul Gilbert, their, the, the way they do their alternate picking, the way they approach alternate picking is so heavily influenced by Aldi Miola because a lot of players before that time period were much more adamant about economy picking. You watch a lot of the guys, the jazz guys who could just shred like Barney Kessel, and, <laughs> for example. And when you watch those videos of them tearing it up, they're not alternate picking most of the time. It's an economy picking style. And their alternate picking comes, I think, more along the lines from things like Gypsy Jazz. You watch 
a little bit more of Django. Django tends to do it more, but is also kind of an economy picking type person. Anyway, the point being, sorry, nerd, nerd. Anyway, point being, looking at those influences, looking at your hero's influences, I think gives you a unique perspective on the stuff that you're already working on and then gives you a sense of how your heroes innovate and can that can hopefully inspire you to do the same combine those influences you know it's it's yeah it's, it's great I, I was talking about it before about how just going back and listening to it's a great way of just learn, finding new music as well uh just mm-hmm. like uh, i did this review of the you can find it online uh the my pop matters review of the flat duo jets and that guy completely ripped off you know, no, that guy was ripped off by Jack White, but he's like ripping off all these people at the same time. It's just, it's just a massive circle of influence, of stealing. Yes. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful stealing. Uh, so yeah, another thing that I was going to talk about was, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I basically found a Les Paul that I'd come into a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. uh, I came into it years ago and I just got it fixed up for 30 euro off uh, nice. uh, new strings new everything it was, it was crazy new pickup and uh, it was, it was new humbucker like it was mad so I got this piece of gear that I completely forgot I had and I, it made me want to sit down and play it more I did some recording with it just I think that borrowing a new pedal or a new guitar or even a different instrument can really force you to approach music in a different way it's, it's you know taking you out of your comfort zone and that's where as all the self-help blogs will tell you, coming out of your comfort zone is where real growth begins. Woohoo! So <laughs> maybe that's a so bit wait, did you true. say buying a new pedal? I'd say borrowing a new pedal. Oh. Borrowing, borrowing a pedal that you've never used before and just getting new sounds. But doesn't that make you lazy? <laughs> oh God, we've gone full circle. I'm sorry. Sorry, I couldn't couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Anyway, yeah, yeah that no. That's an interesting idea. I like that. I like uh, picking up a new guitar, borrowing a guitar, something new piece yeah. of equipment to give you just just to spark the mind a little bit, get some different ideas. Or even you could do the whole. Is it Max Cavalera from Sepultura? He doesn't have a high E or a B string on his guitar. He, what? Yeah, he feels it kind of. He wants the limitation because he feels that he'll spend more time writing riffs if he you know only has the low four strings and keith richards didn't have a low e string on his uh tally on his for his open g tuning you're basically you're creating these limits on your own instruments uh, and yeah. to basically inspire creativity which we've talked about on the show before indeed 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 uh, have you anything else for breaking I, out of a yes yes so another one that i find helps as a teacher actually is teach a lesson and yeah. you may sort of feel like you're not at a place where you can do that, but chances are if someone can only play a G chord, you probably have something to teach them. So, it's, uh, but why I suggest that is because you end up being exposed to new music, to new ways of thinking about the fretboard, to trying to communicate how you think about the fretboard and, and find new ways to open that up to yourself. So I find when I'm teaching particularly, when I have the opportunity and a student comes in with somebody I've never heard of before, it just, again, this, this is, it opens you up to new music, which then opens you up to new ideas, which hopefully just builds on what you do know about the instrument and then different ways to approach it. So 
Cool. No, I like that. Um, you teach a lot more than me. I'm taking a break from teaching right now. Uh, so, but no, I think that that is a good way. And yeah, I, I even just, even if, even if it's like three chord folk songs, mm -hmm. people are listening to, you know, uh, like I was teaching a few older people uh, acoustic guitar and they wanted to learn just, you know, Irish folk ballads, which I never really would have listened to of my own free will. But uh, man, I just, I loved it. I thought it was great and shows how, how much you can do with, you know, three chords. So John, what have you been working on? What have I been working on? Well, this week, uh, sort of inspired by Jens Larsen again, and a handful of Friend other... of the show. Yep. <laughs> that kind of converged. The, I, this idea of modal borrowing. So it sounds super complicated. If you've been to music school, you've already covered it in some capacity. And it's essentially if taking a particular chord from a, let's say you're in a major key, you take it okay. from a parallel minor. So let's say you're in G major, you'll take it from G minor and okay. kind of a different vibe around the chords. And you end up with, it's an interesting feeling. So it's an interesting sound. It's cool. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, it's, so for example, let's say in G major, you have a C major chord, right? That's your four chord. Well, in G minor, your four chords minor. So you could substitute, for example, a minor for that major chord that you would normally play. Head exploding. Yeah, exactly. So um, there are a couple of things that, generally speaking, you need to think about. But Jens has one on reharmonizing a 2-5-1 in C major, and it came out sometime over the summer. And it's worth looking at. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to think about everything in terms of a two five one, but it's, it's kind of a cool idea and just playing around with some different voicings. I've got a jazz harmony book from Berkeley school of music. That's got some of these ideas in it and just playing around with it, seeing what they sound like, you know, those sorts of things. But what have you been working on? It looks like you've had some, you, you mentioned you've had some complex concepts that you're working through as well. Yeah. Just to kind of, I, I watched this video. I don't. I've been, you know, I'm a, I'm a YouTube hound for guitar stuff. I, I find it really easy to go down the rabbit hole. But a few things I did find were I have a video about using the the mixolydian mode over the fifth chord, and mm. I was like, okay, I need to go back and revise my mixolydian uh, mode. And just even just coming out of it, you know, just looking at it from what Chris Cooper was saying the other day, you know, you know, just learn the modes and you know your twelve positions, and you can kind of use it anywhere. Uh, so just went back and I did it at, just, you know, using modes over the fifth chord at a gig. I tried it the other day and I, I really, really liked the sound of it. So yeah, it's just something I've been working on, but basically mode revision. And uh, one more thing, uh, it's a video I saw by this guitar player from Britain, somewhere in Britain, called uh, Ross Campbell. He has this video on how John Mayer, John Mayer's sound comes from him using major seventh and how that comes is using bending from the sixth note up to not to the, the root note but to the major seventh mm. um and it just, he gives some demonstrations I'm like oh that sounds so lovely so you know on, when you're on your first chord or your fourth chord of the of the scale um i may be gibbering a little bit but look up uh, ross campbell mayor seventh and it's i think it went it went viral there i think uh, last month it was doing really well on YouTube and it's a really interesting thing because it just shows the little thing but it goes a long way and what have you been listening to John? okay 
it's been a while since I've said something really nerdy, but this is this was from a student. I had a student come in with this Australian prog metal band <clears throat> uh, called Ne Obliviscaris, which is Latin for <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Latin for uh, forget me not or don't forget me or or don't forget or something to that effect, um, and. They're they're absolutely phenomenal players, but they do follow that prog line of like, hey, this song's nine minutes, and the next one's twelve minutes. You know. Oh God. <laughs> uh, but there's there's some some awesome licks. I I really appreciated. Like it's not just full on shred, but it's hey, this chord sounds really good here and well constructed ideas and and so i i've appreciated that it's fun to play it's it's definitely a break in the teaching routine of working on three note or three chord songs that you have to come in and be a little bit more prepared you know to do some shredding and interesting chord progressions they also have their lead singer is also a violinist and so he does violin solos in there periodically as well so it's it's very prog but at the same time it's Got some new vibes to it, some cool ninth and seventh voicings with the distortion, and there you have it. An wow. interesting idea. So I presume you've been listening to something a little bit less nerdy. I'm just picturing that student as being, you know, like 10 years old, but six foot tall with really long hair and somewhat Scandinavian looking. No, uh, not really. She's She's got pink hair, and that's... Um, she? Listening yeah. to Prague? Yes, exactly. She's a monster wow. player too, so I, I feel She's like right. I can say that she's probably not listening to this because <laughs> only only old guitar nerds listen to podcasts. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, please subscribe. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what I've been listening to, I've there's an Irish band that were have become really popular um, without releasing an album. They they're called they were called Lynched, uh, and they changed their name for obvious reasons uh these they're fronted by the lynch brothers uh they are they now go by the name lancome and they put out their first album last week and it's okay. it's basically taking a lot of things from the irish balladeer tradition but using modern ireland as you know what they're singing about and it's just it's all kind of trad traddy folky drony pipey moaning but it's really well done uh, so yeah i i really really like it uh, the songs are great and they're just this real kind of sardonic very dublin nasal whine look at uh, modern ireland which is really nice because it's tradition that goes back so far but you don't have any new musicians doing it and uh, a lot of people in ireland are calling it like one of the best Irish albums of the year uh, so yeah it's good it's different and there's no guitars but i love it there you go. There, there, there we go, John. Another successful episode. Uh, episode 29 or possibly 30. I can't remember. Uh, friends, if you stay with us for the next few weeks, please do tell your friends. Uh, we have some amazing guests. We have the guitar player from Weird Al Yankovic's band, James West. Mm-hmm. We have Chris Zupa. We have Gretchen Men, uh, Lady Shredder. Christoph Godin. Man, I love that guy. Yeah. So if you don't know okay. who he is, you should. You oh, That's your homework. Go look him up. Uh, Bumblefoot had mentioned that he goes back with Christoph like 30 years or something and has done all sorts of gigs with him. So you need to check this guy out. If you don't know who he is, guitar player from France, 
a lot of his Twitter feed is in French, but that's what translators are for. So there you go. When you told yeah. me that we were getting a French jazz nerd on the podcast, my enthusiasm was a little bit, you know, it wasn't Not exactly really French. jazz nerd. He's the, yeah, I don't know. He falls. But he, he really, but but then once we had him on, he was the most charming man in the world. Uh, I, I I loved talking to him. Really, really great. So yeah, he's on the podcast coming up soon. Uh, and yeah, John, fans, like, share, subscribe, yes. and stay sh- yeah, stay sharp. <laughs>